the Kansas City Chiefs 2022 season will be a success if... From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform everywhere. This is going to be a fun one because it really comes down to that one question. How, when, why, and, and how you measure is what's going to be important for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2022. We're going to get into today with Matt Derrick, the editor-in-chief of ChiefsDigest.com, where you have to follow to get all the inside information, all the actual eye-on kind of info that I can't give you. But I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, also of NFL 33 and RGR Football and a couple other things that I haven't even disclosed yet. So we're going to get to it today right off the bat, Matt Derrick. If I pose that question to you right off the bat, their season is successful if, what is it? It's going to be a complicated answer. (laughs) Don't say. (laughs) I know, I know, and and I think most Chiefs fans would be absolutely fair to say anything short of a Super Bowl win is not a successful season. And I think that's true for almost every single year of the Mahomes era. That's going Mm -hmm. to be the definition, is that winning the Super Bowl is going to be the only definition of success. And I completely get that. Um, this season, you know, especially coming as close as this team did last year, first of all, making it to the Super Bowl one step further would be an improvement. So mm-hmm. I don't see how you couldn't say that wasn't a success with this team. It's not rebuilding. I think you have to acknowledge this team is reloading a bit at some places. So to me, I mean, a successful season, I say, is an AFC West championship. And you don't lose to an inferior team in the playoffs. I mean, I, I think this team should absolutely, you know, hey, ha- getting a bye is not, you know, I mean, you have a lot of luck these days now to get that number one seed. So even getting a, getting a bye is not necessarily a end-all, be-all goal. You don't have to get it. There's so few. At- There's only one. So it's not like you can say that. I mean, that's almost as bad as winning the Super Bowl. I mean, saying you get the number one seed, to me, this team, even if it has to play an extra game, as long as it doesn't lose an inferior to an inferior team, as long as you're not losing to a wild card team, as long as you're not losing to a, a divi- another division champ that that you know that the Chiefs are better than, to me, I, I think that's that's a successful season this year, and that could mean, you know, just you know making it to the playoffs. It could mean making it all the way to the AFC Championship game. It could mean winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's I think that to me, there's a range of outcomes that would define success for me this season. Now, what's going to change once we get into this season? I mean, if this team starts out 6-0, and yeah, you're going to have different expectations all of a sudden. It's going to inch up, absolutely. I mean, exponentially go up. But right now, you know, we're 10 days out from getting our eyes on this team for the first time. And to me, I've got, I think, some modest expectations. I mean, this team's going to be good. We know that. They're going to have more competition in their division than they've had, I think, at any point in the last, certainly the last five years. Uh, it's going to be tougher this time around. So to me, winning the AFC West and no embarrassing loss to me is a successful season. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's reasonable for the team to put that expectation on themselves as well. The Super Bowl has to be our goal. Championship must be our goal every single year. You've been in the top four the last four, uh, three seasons. So to not have that expectation, I think would be doing yourself a disservice if inside the building anyone had anything less than a championship on their mind. But like you said, there is some change going on here. Reload is a perfectly good, and honestly, I would say redirect because offensively you have to change things. I think there should be more change coming on the defense. We'll talk about that later, but I don't know that they're going to get there. But 
it's one thing to set the expectation. It's another one to go out and compete. And we know that there's some holes. We know that there's some challenges ahead. So for me, I agree with you, but I will be a little bit more definitive. No, you can't blow a, a game to a team that, you know, is sub 500 and you really should just come out and spank them. That's that's about taking care of your business and not letting down. But in in the end, you have to be, I think, a top four team again. I don't think there's any reason from where we sit now that an AFC championship would be anything less than what you are looking for. If you get, I don't care what seed you are, if they happen to struggle a little bit and they're, they finish with 11 wins and they have to go in through a wild card or something like that, like you said, there's a lot of competition in the AFC West. It is for me about then turning it up to your past level as you've played before and getting back to that AFC championship game. That is for me, it will be a failure if they don't do that because that is a step back that I think the core of this team in Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Bolton now, Chris Jones, and yes, there's questions outside of that, but those guys should be able to continue to steer the talent on this roster to that goal and achieve it. Am I am I putting it too high on that? No, I don't think you are. And I mean, and, and hey, let's 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 lay out the caveats too. I mean, there, you have to put some asterisks next to this. One, you know, we're talking about you have to play most of the season with Mahomes. I mean, if Mahomes goes down, then certainly we're changing yeah. expectations. And I'd even say, hey, as long as you avoid substantial injuries, I mean. Again, I mean, you lose four or five key guys for an extended period of time, and that can wreck any team season. So, you know, hey, there's reasons why, hey, the Chiefs could stumble home with 10 wins, and it it maybe is sad, but it may be not, you know, a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's one part of the equation. But, hey, with a healthy Mahomes and most of this team intact for most of the campaign, anything less than 11 wins to me would be a disappointment. I mean, you've got to win at least 11 games, even against this schedule. Um, hey, I haven't made my final predictions. That won't come until closer to the regular season. Right. But I'm, I'll certainly be in. I'm. I would anticipate in that 11 to 13 mm-hmm. win range. I mean, I think that you know, hey, it, it, with this schedule, anything over 13 is going to be, I think, a tough nut to crack. Um, but this team, I mean, if if they look the way we think they will during training camp, I mean, 11 to 13 should absolutely be a confident range of expectation. Um, anytime Mahomes is your quarterback and he's healthy for an entire season in a 17 game schedule, 10 wins is not good enough. I mean, any year that you don't win 10 games is a serious disappointment. So even in a year where he's healthy most of the season, I think you should probably win at least 10 games. So 11 wins is the benchmark for me. I mean, that's generally what it was during Tom Brady's era. I mean, if the Patriots didn't win 11 ball games, that wasn't good enough. I'm, I'm with you. And I, I think we have to get a little more granular about how we get around to that, as well as some of the caveats. But I do want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor. It is Dave. And if hindsight is 2020, you can't change the past, but you could get a little help for your future self. And maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Maybe you can do that now with Dave. It's a new banking app that can get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. It's more money to fill your tank with these gas brushes to go get that wedding gift that you probably weren't planning on or catch up on bills, whatever you need to do. You can finally tackle those expenses you've been stressing out and get your hangups out of the way. Get things done. There's no interest and there's no credit check needed. All you have to do is download the Dave app from the App Store right now, whichever store you happen to use. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for the extra cash account and you get $500 instantly right there. Done deal. For terms uh, and conditions, you have to go to dave.com slash legal. That's dave.com slash legal. Check that out. Make sure you do your due diligence. Instant transfer fee supplies and banking is provided by Evolve, a member of FDIC. 
the new Dave app. So thank you for Dave for coming on board. Um, they're planning on the future, banking on the future, and I'm banking on a couple of things as well. One of them is we're going to take that caveat you already mentioned about Mahomes staying healthy. So for me, it is I'm banking on him raising his level of play in what is not such a vertical way, but more of a horizontal scattergun kind of way. And so for me, the season is successful if there are 3,000-yard receivers on this roster because I think there's 4,500 or 5,000 yards to be had, and I think you have to have more than just Travis Kelsey hit that mark. Am I wrong? I, I, to me, that is a really high number. I mean, I, I think I would probably be – I would probably co-sign if you bumped it down to maybe three 800-yard receivers. Okay. And I think getting a third to a 1,000 might be kind of tough, especially – if Mahomes does do what I think that everybody wants him to do, including Andy Reid and I think even Patrick himself, which is to spread the ball around more and rely on multiple receivers. I mean, if anything, I mean, you should be getting more production out of your four, five, and six guys than you've had in the past. And and I'm going with the caveat here that, hey, it's going to be tougher sledding for Travis Kelsey this year. He's going to be running up against even stiffer competition than he's had before because teams are going to pay more attention to him than they have in, in years past, which doesn't seem possible. Mm-hmm. But it, they are until the Chiefs force them to not do so, I mean, the, the two toughest people are going to be on Travis Kelsey all day long. They're going to do everything they can to take him away. And he's older. I mean, he's going to be 33 in October. I mean, at some point... Father time is undefeated. I mean, going to catch up with Travis Kelsey at some point. Um, I mean, that's why I look at it. And I'm like, you know what? If Travis Kelsey, you know, didn't have a thousand yard season this year, it wouldn't stun me. I mean, I still think he's got it in him. I'm, I, there's nobody more amazed at what Travis Kelsey does right now than me. I'm just completely blown away by it. And I think it's, I, I, and I see why I think, and I see good reason to believe that he can continue doing that. But this is going to be his toughest season probably of his career when you just take what he's going to see from defenses and the fact that, hey, he is a year older. So that's going to be, I think, tougher for him. Hey, MVS, I think, is a safe bet. He's a guy who should come in. And I think that given the opportunity he's going to get this year, be a 1,000-yard receiver. But for another guy to get into that trio, oh, man, that's that's – that just, a, I mean, that would be a success. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that would be a tremendous success. Absolutely. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I can bet on it right now. So, do you're believing the MVS hype? In fact, you're running the hype train, right? You're the. Conductor. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I'm slowly switching. I'm slowly switching over. I haven't. I need to see it, and I need to see it in pads. I need mm-hmm. to see it in August when you know, hey, you're able to hit some people, and I need to see that same chemistry that he and Mahomes had, and some of those tough contested catches that he was making an OTAs. I need to see that when there's actually hitting going on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm coming around. I mean, I, I think I've told you before, I mean, back in ooh, early May, I would have said Juju Smith Schuster is going to be the number two receiver on this team behind Kelsey. And I'm not there anymore. I mean, at this point, I think it's going to be MVS with a bullet. Okay. Okay. I personally am planning on Juju being that third. And so it, the point, it doesn't matter whether it's 1,000 or 800, whatever that is. My point being is that you have multiple primary targets outside of Travis Kelsey so that it isn't so easy to defend them in the pass game with Travis and X receivers. So you have other guys taking up those yards. So our, our theories are the same, just setting that, that mark. Maybe I am a little overexcited about that. But on the other side for me, it is about controlling the ball better. So for me, this season is successful – 
if they're able to stop 20% of the drives and take either take the ball away or get them turned over on downs, for me, that's successful. Yeah, I mean, in, in granular terms like that, there's a couple of things that are successful season for me. And one is that, you know, there's a quantifiable number that you can put on that shows you that Patrick Mahomes is spurting the ball around more and he's taking more of what the defense is giving him. Um, you know, he, he could certainly – hey, 60, completing 67% of your passes is not easy. I mean, that's still a really good number. Does Mahomes have 70 in him? I mean, if he hits 70% completion rate in a season, that's going to tell me that he's taken a lot more easy throws that defenses are giving him, and he's not trying to just continually push the ball down the field. And I know that's not what fans want to hear, but and I'm not talking about all the time. We're talking about, you know, maybe three throws a game that instead of maybe, you know, taking that chance down the field that maybe is a 15% chance of a completion. You're going, you know, at you know, going towards the chains for maybe a 85% completion. Just three times a game is all you need. And all of a sudden, I mean, now you are a 70% completion passer. I mean, that's that's how little we're talking about here. So to me, I, that 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 if there's a you know a definitive you know move that Mahomes that we see that he is doing that and that he is taking a little bit more of what's given to him and not just pushing the ball every single time. And the other is, I mean, running the football. I mean, it's once again, it is not telling Andy Reid to run the football more. I mean, Andy Reid's going to run the football the exact same amount he's done in his entire career. And how do we know that? Because if you look at how many times Andy Reid runs the football every year, it's almost the exact same percentage every single year for the last 20 odd years. I mean, that's what he does. But they got to be better at it, and they got to be better in certain situations. They need to run the football when teams are daring them to run the football, which they did not do enough last year. Mm -hmm. And they need to run the football effectively when the other team knows that you're going to. Because sometimes, you know, you need to run eight minutes off the clock, and you can't do that throwing the football on every single down. So those are the two things to me. I mean, if they run the football more effectively and, and Mahomes shows a little bit more discretion at times – not every time, but just at times, that that to me is going to show progress. I'm with you. So we've gone over season goals, season outcome, that makes success. We've gone over how you get there with each side of the ball and in the process to get to those goals, to get to that success. Now we're going to get into the individual players and their performances that then feed in to the team, that feed into the overall outcomes coming up next. So I want to break it down a little bit further. And I like where you where you went because I was about to go there myself. So for me, a successful season this year is a backfield. And it doesn't have to be a single back. It can be whatever this committee is going to evolve in. Getting to that 1,800-yard mark on the ground, that will be an uptick in yardage. And you're right. We've seen him go as low as 33% run call and as high as 38 So you got 5% to play with, and he's not going outside of that. But it is about the effectiveness. So as a group, between Clyde and Rojo and whoever else is going to be the third and the fourth and the fifth and throw in Mike Burton there for good measure, can they do that? And does that ring true for you? If they can hit that 1,800 mark on the ground, does that provide a successful season that helps achieve the goals we already talked about? I mean, that's a good number for me. I mean, I, I think that's that's a reasonable benchmark. I mean, anything above that, certainly. I mean, it's an indication that you're talking about a team that is playing ahead, 
that they're running the football when they get a lead. And that's what Andy Reid wants to do and that they're running the football effectively. You know, I, I think the other part of it to me is that I just need to see a little bit more yards per carry. Um, they averaged, what, four and a half yards a carry last year. It's decent, but man, I really, if you could get that up to 4.8, I would be feeling a lot better about that. You know, I forgot it's a 17-game season, so I'm changing that. It's got to be 2K. And it's True. You, you got the same thing with me. I, the 17-game yeah. season throws you off. <laughs> <laughs> At least 19, then. We'll go for 19. Okay, there we go. Well, I'll meet you in the middle. So that's that's a good place on the run game. And like you said, if Patrick can stay more disciplined when he does get RPOs and actually hand the ball off when he should, and if Andy can just call more true play-action run game type base stuff, I think that will help the offense overall. So on the defense, what is it? It can't all be Chris Jones, in my opinion. So for me, a successful season in 2022 is going to be. I mean, to me, it's it's getting the turnovers that they didn't get last year. You know, that is the the one thing that the Chiefs consistently, I mean, it's part of their DNA. It's it's living off of turnovers. And they did, a, you know, last year was a weird year. I mean, they, they actually fared fairly well as far as, you know, turnovers overall. Um, but they weren't great as far as differential goes. And and they were feast or famine a little bit. I mean, they collected a lot of their turnovers and some some key wins. And they went without turnovers there for a while. That, to me, is something that just need to be, you know, more consistently. And once again, I mean, turnovers are going to tell me that other numbers are better, too. It means that their, their sack numbers are up. It's going to mean that the pressures on the quarterback is up. It means that the you know, completion rates are going to be going down. I mean, that to me, that one number, turnovers alone, if they can get, you know, I, and I'm looking for a big jump. I mean, I think they had 29 turnovers last year. Looking at it real quick, get me to 32, 35. I'll say 32 and a half be my over under. Anything over 32 and a half. And I think that's a successful season for this defense. And it's going to tell me that a lot of other things are going right. I'll take the over on that. I want 35. I, I think that will ensure enough drives change hands to make sure that you're coming out with wins at the at the other end of them. But getting there, you're right. It's not just about the guys in the, in the secondary taking the ball. It's about providing that pressure. And so for me, that means you have to get a minimum of 10 pressures a game. There are times that we've seen this team in the last couple of seasons not accomplish that. That is a bare minimum of 170 pressures in a season during the regular season, that is. That is is an absolute floor for me that they have to have in order to make this a successful year. Yeah, and and I and, and I, I hate to sound like the the old man here, you know, yelling at a cloud, but I need I need it to be real pressure. I need it mm. to be hits. I need it to be sacks. I I can't I can't see it being another year where you're saying, well, you know what, the yards per separation was amongst the best in the league, and there was a lot of pressures, which pressures aren't hits. Right. You know, I mean, pressures come in a lot of different forms and some, one man's pressure is not another person's pressure. So, you know, to me, yeah, it's it's more about getting hits on the quarterback. It's more about getting sacks. It's about raw production in, in that and in the pass defense. And that's and that, that's why it ties back to turnovers. I mean, that's that's a true number. I mean, it's it's nothing ethereal here. I mean, there's nothing no, no advanced metrics about it. There's nothing that's subjective. I mean, turnovers are a objective number. And that's going to tell you a lot about this defense. I, I like the way you think because I, I do track what I call quarterback collisions. That's sacks and hits together because the, the physical toll that that takes on quarterbacks. So I, I completely agree with where you're going. In the end, is there anything that the linebacker level can do? Because we talked about the secondary. We've talked about the pass rush. What can the linebackers do to assure a successful season? 
I mean, the the ethereal part of it to me is that, you know, the, the linebackers just, just, just got to take control of the middle of the field. I mean, that's one area where I feel like that when the Chiefs have been on defense, that last year at least, the teams really kind of took advantage of them there. I mean, one, you know, was being able to run the football effectively against the Chiefs. I think a lot of teams did that. And, you know, and, and that's one of the ways. It's not the only way. I mean, you got to do other things with it. But one of the ways that you can beat the Chiefs is with long, sustained drives. And one way to do that is to run the football effectively. And it's the point of attack. It's going to be up to the defensive tackles and the linebackers to make sure that that gets stopped. And that's where I think that they've got to be better. But it also where that linebacker group also comes in is, you know, I, I think that, and I think they can be better with, you know, helping to generate pressure. You're not exclusively looking, waiting on those guys, but, you know, Leo Chanel is, is he's going to be a starter in name. I don't know if he's going to be a full-time player right off the bat, because mm -hmm. he's going to be that third linebacker. But I'm really intrigued to see how Spagnolo uses him because he's the guy that I feel like could be the X factor in that linebacker group as being a guy who might be able to back his way into five sacks as being a guy that, you know, maybe you bring off the end every once in a while, you know, but you, you bring in specific passing situations that he's out there for. And maybe not every down, but just specific situations. And we know, hey, Willie Gay can be that guy. I mean, he can be a, a, a blitzer. I mean, he can do that, too. So if I see the linebackers getting more involved that way and you can get some unpredictability with that group, I mean, from a standpoint that offenses won't know where they're coming from, I mean, that to me is an improvement. So, hey, more sacks from that linebacker group and stopping the run, that's ex absolutely what you need from that group this year. I, I'm with you, and, it, and we're going to know. It's going to happen week three, folks, against the Indianapolis Colts. And, and I wrote that one down too, and I, I kind of put it a different way is that from, from the line of scrimmage to 20 yards off, the linebackers have to own hash to hash. That middle core has to Absolutely. be there. That's what it comes down to. And, the, and all those things that you mentioned, as well as, I think, getting enough vertical drop when they have to take on crossers. I think that's going to be a key part of how teams are going to try to attack them this year. And so owning that middle section between the hashes is what they have to do. They're going to be in dime all the time. So like you said with Chanel like, – starter and name only because they're not going to be in base until week three against the Colts. So it is about Willie and Nick in the two drop kind of thing just inside the hashes. So there's a lot more to this, folks, and we will continue to find this for you as we move forward. Camp is coming up. We should have an announcement about Orlando Brown here before the end of the week, and we'll get Matt's reaction next week. So stay tuned for that. Matt, I, I like this episode. This is fun stuff. We're going to have to do this again. Absolutely. I love it. It's a lot of fun. And hey, you know what? It's that time of year. <laughs> All expectations are on the table, folks. Thanks for joining us today. Check out ChiefsDigest.com, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.